0: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, this is Ryan Fraser. This is Troy Daly. This is Gas Boyet. This is Don
1: Hutchison. This is your club, and you're listening to the big interview with Graham Hunter.
2: Thank you, Jürgen. I travel to all these interviews from Barcelona, and our socios, our beloved members, keep us on the road. This independent podcast wouldn't happen without them. Please go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter right now to join us, to become a socio and to get every interview we produce without adverts and before it goes out on the main feed, plus lots of bonus content, including the chance to put questions to our guests and to me via the monthly Q&A. You will also get bonus content every month, including the audio versions of my regular columns for ESPN. So do please go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter and join the club. And get your family and friends to do so. Maybe even strangers in the street. Love you. Hi, it's Graham. This is The Big Interview, and today we welcome our second ever World Cup winner onto this series. Osvaldo Ardiles, Ozzy the Great, as I like to call him, was our first, and Rainer Bonhof is our guest this time. And Rainer picked up the famous trophy in 1974, that famous trophy in its very first inauguration with West Germany, four years before our legendary Argentinian friend. Bonhof. if you only know the name and you're not lucky enough to have seen him play, was an absolutely brilliant Beautiful midfielder who made his international breakthrough at the 74 World Cup and became West Germany's youngest world champion at the time, scoring against Sweden mid tournament in a crucial match, but then assisting both the winner in the semi final and Gert Muller's 2 1 goal in the final against Johan Cruyff's Netherlands. We're going to hear the story of that tournament, but also tales about big personalities from that team. And the absolutely great Borussia Mönchengladbach side of the 70s that he was part of, including Bertie Vogts, Gunter Netzer and more. A side I first heard of when they came to Petaudry to play Aberdeen in the UEFA Cup. Across two ties, I think Aberdeen scored five times against Borussia Mönchengladbach and went out. How about that? If that 70s spell when Borussia Mönchengladbach were nearly as dominant, nearly as ferocious, nearly as good to watch as Bayern Munich ever were, if that was your era, you're going to absolutely love this interview. If it's not, if you weren't born at the time, you'll still adore it because Bonhof speaks brilliantly, passionately, with wit as well. He'll make you smile and you'll learn a lot about world football history along the way. This is a special guest. This was a tremendously fun guest. Thanks to Martin and Greg for putting the two of us together. So, in summary, I think I've made my point. This is the big interview. I'm Graham Hunter, and I'm speaking to Rainer Bonhoeff. Big interview fans, we have a special treat for you today because we have spoken to one or two World Cup winners before, but never to a German World Cup winner. We today are speaking to one of the truly great right-footed players of the 1970s and 80s, Rainer Bonhof, who today is in a senior executive position at the club he loves, Borussia Gladbach, but back when I was growing up watching football, Reiner was one of the most exciting, dynamic footballers in a Borussia Mönchengladbach side that was one of the best in, in, in the whole of Europe. I don't know, Reiner, whether to say Guten Morgen, Tschüss, or sehr, sehr vielen Dank for mit uns sprechen. Seems
1: that you have lived uh, a long time in Germany because <laughs> the, the stupid words you get already. So you have to come across uh, and I teach you more.
2: Unmöglich. Then, thank you. You're a kind and generous man. Rena, when I grew up watching you, I grew up feeling that German club teams and the Mannschaft almost literally could not be beaten. Before we begin to speak about some of the things that made your Borussia Mönchengladbach great, try to sum up for me what it is about in... The, the football personality of German coaches, German players, German fans that never mind now so much, but certainly in the 70s and 80s meant that however a season was going, however a competition was going, however a match was going, you all seem to have this elite mentality about we are never beaten. How did that happen? What does it come from?
1: Yeah, that is a very complicated question. The 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 point in my understanding in that time uh means I I became professional football player in 1970 in in uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach which is still my love. There was a couple of players they had a spirit for no losing. That means um they they couldn't accept uh, a loss so and um, i grew up in 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 this mentality so we had at this time if you say that comparing to today we had just 17 players in the squad yeah so um and all the the, the, the team including the two managers um they went always in in trainings facilities they went they, they they spent the whole week together so um, we know each other far better, and we know each other what what happens in the families, and, and and so. And we had more and more a friendship in between everybody, and that supported the winning mentality uh, a lot. So, and that is maybe one of the keys. Overall, maybe there was a very tough and and um, father-like. A manager like Hennes Weisweiler at this time and he, he asked every day as much as possible you can do in the training sessions and later on um, he he yeah he catched you and hugged you and, and said you are my best you know this in between makes you feel I have to do the things far better than anybody else just to give him something back for, for that what he spent for you
2: was there and please tell me if I'm wrong, if I'm talking rubbish, but around 1970, as you come to the first time I see you play, which is against my beloved team, Aberdeen at Pitodri, eh, across two crazy ties in what was what is now the Europa League, in German society, when at Borussia Mönchengladbach you were tight, you were friendly, Hennes was a coach who demanded a lot, was there also, I genuinely want to know, was there a feeling of rebuilding of energy, of, of achievement, or, or, or not? Am I imagining that? But it, it feels, when I looked at West Germany from Scotland in the 70s, it did feel that there was a dynamism, that there was a societal push and that you were part of that.
1: Yeah, there was uh, suddenly something in, in, in the back which gave us the mentality to win. So I remember me for example we had a great match in in uh, Ibrox versus Rangers with Borussia um, so and uh, there was a battle and in in between Scottish teams and and German teams there was always a rivalry and um so we made a absolute brilliant performance in in Ibrox and we went home with a win in the pocket so and and that was that what uh, was implanted um of the manager in in everybody of the team uh, to say, hey, uh, first of all, you have to do the things proper, but don't think in losing, think in winning. So, and today, um, or comparing to today, uh, sometimes there's somebody, um, opponent, you would say, he's unbeatable for us. So, but we was teach no thinking in losing. We was teached in in winning, 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 and maybe that was um, a percentage in in our heart, in our mind um, that makes us um, for the other ones unbeatable. So we had absolutely brilliant performances with Borussia Mönchengladbach in the in the seventies. So uh, Real Madrid, Inter Milan. Uh, Rangers, um, I don't know, so many so many more matches. We we, we just won about the mentality we got.
2: Reiner, I'll read you out, if it's okay, the the team, the 11 men that played at Pitodri in September 1972 against the team I love, the club I love. In goal, there was Wolfgang Kleff, then Bertie Box Schmel Rosenthal, Heinz Michalik, Herbert Wimmer, Gunter Netzer, Christian Kulik, Rainer Bonhoff, Bernd Rupp, Henning Jensen, Joop Heinkes, and the manager was Hennes Weisweiler. How privileged were you, that was two years into your professional career, to come into a team with Clef and Netzer and Jensen and Joop Heinkes, but maybe particularly Bertie Vox? Let's stop and talk about two or three of the guys in your team because they they stretch over several years. It isn't just in 1972. Can we can we start with Bertie botts on the 50th anniversary of UEFA? I stood had a big interview with Johan Cruyff, maybe an hour. This was in 2004, and I said to him a simple question. Right now, I said, "Who was your most difficult opponent, <laughs> Bertie botts I said, "Why?" He said, "Because you beat him once, you beat him twice, and there he is at your ankles again, tearing away." Describe your friend and the guy you often played in front of, Bertie Vogts
1: in that era. Yeah, uh, this is uh, something special because we um, we share the, the the rooms together eight years. So that means I, I know far me- more that I I would like to uh, present you now. You know, uh, that's a little bit difficult. So I have to to think about. It. No, Bertie Vogts, for example, was or is still one of my friends. So. Um, that means at this time, um, he was more or less obliged, uh, to pick up a youngster on his hand because he was already taken of the manager, the mentality of winning. So the manager, he maybe saw in, in my person, a future man who can, uh, make the same mentality as the other did, um, or, Got and and that was the the point that we start to be friends not even for a match so we spent also um, days and holidays together uh, we went out for dinner we went uh, to his uh, um, grandma um, to friends of mine so uh, yeah so we we drove the same cars more or less you know that that was funny but Bertie Fox was just a man who was the main voice of the manager, Hennes Weisweiler, including Günter Netzer in the first three years. Then Günther went to, to Real Madrid. But um, the, the key for, for Borussia Mönchengladbach was, of course, um, an undoubtable Bertie Fuchs because he presented in the field every day in the trainings matches. The mentality of that was he was implanted by Hennes Weisweiler seven, six, seven years ago, uh, before. So, and that was the, the it, 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 he trained like he played. So, and that was that what what, what makes him special for, like a footballer, and also uh, what makes big stars in the 70s, like Cruyff or Beckenbauer or Gerd Müller or wherever he played against, they hated him. So, and that was good for us because, when we went every uh, in, in every somewhere in, in, in Europe, and um, they they saw the lineups and Bertie Fox was was mentioned in, in the lineup, so they they hated already Borussia Mönchengladbach because Bertie Fox was there.
2: De, De, Reiner, describe why because you you played with him, you know him, he's your friend. I grew up watching him, but many people who listened to us maybe they never saw him play from a football man as you are describe Bertie Fox the footballer and why did opponents hate him
1: no the bertie was very tough against himself uh, he was defender to just to to describe the person bertie fox or the footballer bertie fox he was a defender with a huge heart for winning and overall he, as as I mentioned, he he trained as as he played. So and and by the way, he was getting a very very good technique. There was sometimes they said he was just a nickname was he in Germany Terrier. You know the dog which is he always fighting on the street and so and and biting the the opponents. So and and that was uh, his nickname. But he was uh, a huge-hearted human with. Absolutely brilliant skills for the position he used to have in Borussia Mönchengladbach, and then as a person he was uh, an absolutely brilliant human for the team, for the club, for himself, and for me as friend. So and that was Bertie Fox, and and when he entered the the park, everybody was uh, shouting his name, and, and there was he was laughed in Borussia Mönchengladbach.
2: We have lots of people, Reiner, who've supported us from the beginning of our six years doing this. We call them socios. It's like members. And one of them is a guy called Peter Gordon. And Peter Gordon has sent you this question. And P- P- Peter, Peter loves... We've got two great questions for you, I promise. Peter says, when Gunther Netzer burst onto the German scene, he was a standout footballer, a flair player. A player that many people thought was not typically German because he invented, he wasn't necessarily so organised. Peter wants you to tell us how good, how do you evaluate Gunter Netzer? Because Peter says, I loved watching him because he brought electricity to the game every time he got on the ball.
1: I couldn't better explain as Peter did. So Günther Netzer is even uh, today, my friend, even he lives in Switzerland and I here in Mönchengladbach. But Günther is also one of these decade players, which was playing with a huge heart for Borussia Mönchengladbach. But uh, he was far in advance living, so he had long hair, which was okay. um, we drove, as I said, uh, uh, a Ford or a, 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 a Vauxhall or whatever, and he came across with a Ferrari. So it was far away from everything, you know. And his standard was also that uh, he mentioned once to the manager, wise while well, i hey, uh, chef, before you uh, notices from the press, but I will open tomorrow a discotheque. So, and that, like a footballer, so that he was away from everything but he was on the pitch, he was the brain of the team so um, and that was what he said first to me, uh, Reiner just uh, in the early beginning when, when I became profi uh, by Borussia Mönchengladbach uh, he said then, um, if you not know what to do with the ball give it to me So and that, that was Günter Netzer, so he was always able to handle the situation he was quick, he was left right footed he was the king of the free kicks. He was the king of deliveries. Um, and, and to be honest, he was special, but he was uh, a, a huge-hearted and still is a huge-hearted man uh, or, or human with which everybody in the world would like to have him like a friend.
2: Right now, because we're so new to each other, although I adore you, I always have done, I can't say yet that we're friends so I feel really bad that I have to argue with you. You just called Gunther a king of the free kicks. Anybody who saw you play knows that, in all honesty, there has to be two crowns at least. Because taking free kicks, I don't know if that was something that you were good at before you became a profie in 1970, whether it developed with full-time training. But you're not only... How cleverly, how well you hit the ball, but how cleverly. There's one famous goal against Hamburg where you line up to take the ball from your right foot as if you'll curl it this way and you you hit the outside of your boot and you put it into the keeper's right-hand corner. But there's so many times your free kicks are, I mean, truly special.
1: Yeah, to be honest, there was uh, three years for me uh, as a teacher was Gunter Netzer because he, he... showed in the the training session even in the matches how to handle a ball if you have a free kick or you have a corner kick or or good delivery so and that makes things like me who was um, keen to to learn everything and to pick up everything uh, what makes you better what makes you feel better what makes your performance your skills better Um, so and i i took everything what what Günther did. So, for example, he did that what I did later on as well. So he's after the training, he stayed on the pitch. He tried corner kicks. He tried, um, I don't know, free kicks. Uh, He asked uh, colleagues to stay there to build a wall. And all these things makes me picking up the same. And and, uh, I did it then later on. As he went to to uh, Madrid, uh, so Weisweiler was uh, looking to get a new uh, man for free kicks and for the the set pieces so and and that was for me an uh, 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 idea mm, to s- say to Weisweiler, "Hey, let me try it." But I did it on a different way. I did it with my power I have. And um, so on the, on the on the far way, uh, my colleagues they had to understand my deliveries a little bit different. As Günther did, Günther was chipping the ball very often, and I was chipping the ball but with with speed. So and that was uh, um, it needs a little bit more concentration for the for the uh, strikers uh, to pick up uh, my my deliveries. So, but however, um, that was then also for me. Uh, an idea to say to the manager Weisweiler let me try it with the corner kicks let me try it with the free kicks and and then later on uh, do you remember my free kicks it was a little bit different than the free kicks of Gunther Netzer What did
2: you practice the two of you? Because detail is important to us. Which types of things did those extra training sessions help you change? Where you put your left foot? Which part of your right foot you use to strike? give us some details all these things, if you see a um, a billiard
1: player who knows exactly where to have the eff- uh, give the ball the effect so and that was uh, my idea uh, to look how I stand to the ball, which part of my right foot um, hits the ball, which effect could I get the ball? Uh, in several positions, so the upper body a little bit in the back, upper body a little bit above the ball, and all these things, that was needed to to find out for myself, because you have always in the matches uh, a wall of five, a wall of four, a wall of three, you see the goalkeeper or you see him not, because so many um, people in the wall, or you have a space on the left-hand side of the wall on the first post, and all these things. So, and that was my my idea to understand, um, yeah, um, how how the ball reacts, how I when when I hit him on this side, when I hit him on this side, and and uh, how can I control the gap the opponents give me in in the free kick. So. Um, Maybe do you remember the, the, the free kick in an in international match against uh, former Czechoslovakia? So I hit him in the angle because the wall was too far left-hand side. So I had so many spaces. And that is that. what you have to try in training sessions, um, how much effect I have to give the ball to turn it to the right or with a outside of your feet to give him the, the, the effect to, to go on the left-hand side in the goal. All these things uh, that was, for me, important to know and then to pick up the best idea in the free-kick situation.
2: Before the rest of this big interview... I'd like to tell you that our entire archive of audio and video content is now on our new YouTube channel. We've begun filming all of our interviews and there are already loads of clips with guests, including Rio Ferdinand, Connor Cody, Brendan Rogers and Jamie Carragher, plus full interviews for you to watch and to share. Please do share with friends. Go to YouTube and search Graham Hunter or click on the link in the show notes to this episode and become a subscriber. I honestly think you'll enjoy it. Thanks.
0: There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care.
2: Tell us a
1: little bit about the actual ball. Yeah, there was rubbish today. There's plastic, and we had uh, one kilo on on our feet. You know, the 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 people from of today they don't know what we had to do uh, or what we did in the past because there was no underneath heating. We played rain, snow, just using another ball. The balls was uh, full uh, leather balls. When when it was rain, there was one kilo uh, heavy the ball. So today, it's always the same. But um, that that makes things, of course, uh, also a little bit different for the players. That you have an understanding. If you remember the match we played in the World Cup '74, the the, the, when when the rain, the heavy rain came uh, with with the Polish team. Um, so and then we mentioned just in, in the dressing room we said each other so we have to play not on the on the floor we have to play uh, half half level you know so and then um, we performed a very very good good match uh, because the, 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 the Polish men they just was passing on the floor and, and the ball stopped every time and we got uh, then the ball for making a break but um, that was the understanding we we played in in grounds which was heavy, which was in the summertime brilliant, in the wintertime full of snow um, with red balls, with green balls, whatever. Uh, but we was a little bit the variety of our style to, to play was a little bit different to today. Because the circumstances at this time, today the circumstances in the stadium are always the same. Winter like summer. Uh, just the same as a little bit colder or warmer. That, that's it. How many free kicks would you score
2: if you were playing today? Oh,
1: I don't know. <laughs> of course, there. there's suddenly uh, an idea. Uh, if you see the full level size shoes we used to have, and uh, today the shoes, they have just 90 grams each of them. And, and the ball is the same weight, but uh, full plastic. So that means the fly curve of the ball is different than in the past. So, um, of course, I would I would train it as well. And maybe I had a success as
2: well. It can happen, so maybe. You're very modest. You're very modest. I'm glad you, you mentioned the 1974 uh, World Cup. There are a couple of things that I'd like you to explain to us. The first is, is more social, because your big, big breakthrough was against Sweden. Then, of course, you, as you say, you play Poland in what is effectively a semi-final, and you, you win the, 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 the World Cup against Holland. You're a relatively young footballer. The World Cup is being held in Germany... The feeling, even though you're in a training camp, the feeling of the stress, the defeat to East Germany, the pressure on you, the potential joy for 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 winning it if you can do it. In those weeks leading up to uh, the Olympic Stadium in in Munich, try and describe the feeling that was going on around you, your family, your friends, the country, and and if you had to try and push that feeling away.
1: Yeah yeah this this feeling I picked up far later after the World Cup because um there was no um communication uh possible in between the families at home. You had just uh one free call there was no mobiles it was no satellite and uh, so there was just seven press people uh, and two teams of t v stations uh every day with us but um I had done the possibility to have um 15 minutes uh, talk with my, my girlfriend at this time, now it's my wife, of course, but with my girlfriend of this time in the evening. So, and then you have to arrange on the same phone for the next day, the same hour, uh, you know, and then there, there was kings in, in in the squad, like Beckenbauer, they, they phone longer and then you miss the, the, the telephone for 10 minutes or like this. And then she was gone, or she was went out with friends. You know, there was uh, uh, very complicated at this time. But it was also complicated uh, to be part of the team because the the World Cup team of '74, there was already made in '72 when they won the European uh, Championship. So there was nine players there was fixed, and there was two more players there had to fight for it. So and then um the the former um international manager, Mr. Schoen, he was uh the same type like, like Hannes Weisweiler. He was um also fulfilled from from winning mentality but also um a familiar man. So he liked to have everything around him uh, runs well, you know, sin, sin, uh, without uh, big or huge problems. So and that was happens a long, long time in the World Cup. So we had the first two wins or three wins, uh, no, two wins versus Chile in the first match, and then uh, the win against Australia in the in the group stage, and then it became the match of um, of uh, the former DDR. You have to know that that Mr. Schoen was uh, um, born in the DDR and he grew up in Dresden as well. So it was a big, big blame and shame for him to lose against his former teammates, you know. So from the outside, um, he became some pressure. I would say today, saying pressure, but uh, the critics, there was um, on the papers, there was in the news and all these things. And then, um, he started to rebuild, um, a group of four or five new players in the team to make things change and show the people as well hey, there's somebody he wants to change something. So. And in, in these five people who became in the second group stage, at, at this time, the World Cup was not playing in, in shootout matches. There was two groups, and so we picked up the European group with Sweden, Yugoslavia, and Poland. So on the DDR, they uh, got the Brazil, Argentina, and Netherlands. So that was the, the toughest group to play with. So, and we know each other. We had friendly before the match uh, for the World Cup against the three other group opponents. So, but, but uh, by the way, um, it was then the time to introduce the, the new players. They have the chance to play versus uh, Yugoslavia. That was the first match in the second group stage. So, and that is a funny thing. Uh, we was already four, five weeks in, in concentration in, in the training camp. And then the day before the match, it was uh, Tuesday, and the, Mr. Schoen came to me after the training and said, «Reiner, what uh, do you think, are you able to play tomorrow in the match against Yugoslavia?» And I said, Mr. Schön, look, I'm five weeks here and, um, I'm still here to play football, you know, and now you're asking me, uh, are you able to play tomorrow? <laughs> so he was laughing and then he said to me, uh, you will play tomorrow. So, and then, um, I had then the chance by telephone to phone up my, my parents at home and tell them, Hey, tomorrow uh, in the World Cup, I, I have the first match and I try my very best to be then also uh, the next four matches. We we spoke in the team as well that we want to have the World Cup. So that was unbelievable for us and, and everybody was focused uh, to reach this, this target. Um, so, and then I, I played versus Yugoslavia and then, as you said, um, my first uh, World Cup goal w- versus Sweden, um, the billiard goal hitting two posts and went in. Um, so and then um, that was the funny thing in the World Cup, and, and this group, I'm still very close friend with the the band Coolman, who fulfilled my position in the first four matches. Very close. I played later on with him in Cologne, and we shared a room together in the training camps. Um, so that means there are still friendships in between this this um, group. So even one of them living in, in, in the Arabs, the other one is living in, in South of Africa. So, but always you've got the, the, the numbers and you have not in regulation contact, but um, once in a while you have to under contact. So and that makes uh, things so,
2: so great. It explains a little bit about the feeling, the unity that, that brought you through to win the tournament. I know how beautiful it must have felt to get your first goal in the rain against Hellstrom, a great keeper for Sweden. The joy, fantastic. Also, the billiard goal, you mean, is that it hits both posts. So, until it goes in, your heart is like this.
1: I was on on the right side of the field. There was a combination and then um, the delivery came in. Uh, I'm thinking Uli Ernest made the delivery. I don't know. Um, Exactly, after such a long period. Um, And then Gert Müller, uh, he dropped the ball off of his chest and I came from behind and just hit the ball. So, and then there was a wet ground and and the ball was fast and fast, fast, fast. And then he went to the left post and then to the right post. And you can see in the slow-mo, that the goalkeeper was watching there and then he was watching there and the goal was in. So, and at this moment, you see that, if you see the matches, I don't know, you can see it on YouTube or whatever, um, I lifted my right hand to celebrate the goal and you see the proud in my, in my eyes, uh, I made it, you know. So, that is a special moment for everybody. Uh, making a World Cup, making the first uh, match in the World Cup and then hitting the goal, or it was the second match, but then hitting the goal, and which was a, an important goal. It was a 2-1 uh, for, for the, the later winner against um, Sweden. But, um, so that makes you then proud and you have then in your mind the manager will use you as well in the next match. So, And then it was clear that Rana Bonhoeff was playing the next matches.
2: I really liked um, the the day of the final. I was sitting at home in Aberdeen watching and I was maybe, I don't know, 11 years old. And I remember when when I I really was taken by Johan Cruyff. Today, he's still my number one idol in the whole of football for every reason. Cruyff is kind of the leader of a football which I've never seen before in my life then. He makes his run across the pitch and Bertie makes the penalty. And I remember... I turned to my parents who were watching with me, and I was like, even great teams don't come back from being 1-0 down so early, so much I knew about football. The the, the penalty equalises things, but before half time, the killer blow comes, and and the Dutch say that they were foolish in their approach to the game. They now talk about, because it's Germany, they want to play a great game and and show off, and they, they think they lost some focus. But I love the goal in that it builds from the right from the back for Germany. The two-one goal, the Muller goal. It builds. It builds from the back, and when the ball comes, I think it's probably uh, Uli Hoeness that gives it to Jürgen Grabowski again. Grabowski is the winger theoretically, but but he's so deep. He's, he's so deep, and you make this run. You make this run. You explode like a rocket. And it's a beautiful run. It's the kind of run that Guardiola likes to see his, his inside fullbacks or his right halves make now. And you disappear into the right wing channel and Grabowski gives you the ball. How much do you remember of the moment or the daring or the thought process? Because you were playing as if it was minute 28, not minute 43. Halftime is coming. You can choose to play safe, but no. Up, up, advance, aggression, ambition.
1: Yeah, to explain this situation, we have to start in the early beginning of of the match. Uh, because, as I said, the the Dutch they uh, had the early penalty. So the other kind was that uh, they started after the penalty, demonstrate football, I, with with a distance from today. I would say, at this time, the Dutch was the best team in the World Cup, playing football at a. Extraordinary level that was like this. So, and the other point is, in in my um, understanding and my feeling after all these years, when they when they was after the penalty, showing us the capacity they had in playing football, in passing one touch, two touch, and and that um, that is not good for a German team, that they. Uh, the, the the opponents give you a lesson that is not really good for the man, German mentality. So, and then we we started watching each other, and I said at this time to Wolfgang Overat, "Hey, that is impossible. We have to fight now. That that is not uh, Germany. So we, we have to go and and fight them down." So and then it became this this situation when Grabowski was in trouble on the right side and uh, i saw he was only got an option to give the pass in the white wing area and there was nobody except uh kroll and i went in and i said whatever happens but grabowski is in trouble he had only this chance to pass along the line and and give me the ball so and then uh kroll came in and i made my Stupid trick and...
2: No, 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 not stupid trick. Stop there, stop there, Reiner, stop. Did you know you were in the penalty area? Because you, you look as if you know that he can't tackle you. But you make him look like a statue.
1: No, the point was I saw two two uh, German dresses in the box in front of the goal. Um, and later on I saw that was Gerhard Müller and the other one was Uli Ernest. He was a little bit behind him. So, and I was... Uh, just focused on bring the ball to the two shirts yeah so and then i make my my trick and then pass the ball inside and i had to pass him very very fast because there was shubia or somebody else was in the middle um he, he could if i not passed the the ball as fast as, I, as as i did so he could cross and and pick up the ball so and even Gerd müller was uh, the only person who, uh, able to uh, catch this ball in the second uh, chance, and made a goal. So and that was funny, but it was for me um, part of the goal. Was was um, today you would say uh, assist? I have made the other assist as well for Gerd Müller's goal in the uh, match against uh, Poland. There was uh, uh, my 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 chance. To make the World Cup in '74, to my World Cup. So, and that was happens uh, as well that, that the crowd in the stadium, they had uh, banners with, uh, we know, bonov who's Cruyff and all these things, you know.
2: Thank you for listening to The Big Interview.